Welcome to God's Planning, Contemplative Preachers, Contemporary Age. Each week, join the Dominican Friars as they consider all things Catholic. Hello, friends, and welcome back to God's Planning. My name is Father Patrick Mary Briscoe, and I'm joined here today by Father Joseph Anthony Crest. Father Joseph Anthony, you want to say hi to everyone? Howdy. How's, how's everything going? Uh, we're getting into what the later months of the year so how are things in providence are they getting cold yet or what's out there uh yeah we're kind of headed that way um i am (laughs) most grateful for wrapping up the semester you know we've had our students here um for the for the whole uh latter part of the semester like a lot of colleges Mm -hmm. we did a kind of two-week lockdown but we came back and we finished strong and i'm just so grateful to be able to be with them um to be able to continue to celebrate our liturgies and to uh to be able to talk with people and encourage them um, has really been such a huge grace. Um, so how did things, uh, how did things kind of wrap, how are things wrapping up in Charlottesville? I, I have to say at the beginning of this semester, the pessimist in me was like, oh, we'll be here for two weeks and then get shut down. No, that. that doesn't sound yeah. like you. I know, I know, I know. But, um, like there was a part of me that we really expected, but like major shout out and big ups to the student body of U of EA. They took it, uh, the precautions very seriously. There was a little blip there where we had to kind of tighten some of the restrictions, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. we we've gone through the entire, um, we've gone through the entire semester and everything's been really good. And like you were, we're finishing up strong. And I think there's this, um, kind of just even this air of gratitude that, Hey, you know, looking back on such a, uh, how we began with so much uncertainty that things really work themselves out. We've seen God move in beautiful ways in our ministry, the growth and the outreach and just uh, really good things happened in uh, some, what was unknown, what was uncertain and less than ideal. So uh, yeah, looking back on everything, kind of uh, surprised, but uh, very grateful to be where we are right now. Nice. Amen. Thanks be to God. So today's episode is um, different than our regular God's Planning episodes. Uh, our dedicated listeners will know that last month we invited on a few friars from the Hillbilly Thomists to talk to us about their new album. I still can't get over the fact that they named their new album Just Volume 2. After months of, ag- months, <laughs> uh, months of agony, like that's what the boys came up with. Vol- volume yeah, 2. Yeah, I mean, two. They had to the, the, just very much putting on display the creativity of the Dominican life. Like the most we could come up with was volume two. But today uh, we have a different guest that we're very proud. We're very happy to welcome to the show. Um, We would like to introduce you to our good friend, Sarah Kroger. So Sarah, would you say hi to everyone? Hi, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Sarah's joining us from Nashville, right? Nashville, yep. Yep. I'm yeah, so excited to have you on. Um, this is such a joy and uh, just really, really excited to have you kind of join us and have this discussion about, um, you know, your work and your ministry and where that's drawing from. So just thank you so much for carving out a little bit of time for us. Thanks for having me. We were just talking about this before we started recording how I've done ministry with both of you individually, separately, but never together. We're always right. joking about the other person without the other person present. So now we can joke about everyone <laughs> at the same All time. Together. <laughs> you guys are joking about me behind my back? Oh, no. Wait, no. what? Never. No. Never. How, dear, I, uh, 
I was the one that introduced you guys and said you should be friends, but uh, I know that's fine. Yeah. It's, it's okay. <laughs> no, it's all good. I'm just, I'm glad to be with you both. So thanks for having me today. I appreciate it. We're so excited to um, share with our listeners, Sarah, her gifts and her talents, um, and and really um, to the extent that she's willing um, parts of her journey. Because as a as an artist, um, Sarah, you know, I'm just so encouraged by your work and by what you're about and what you're trying to accomplish uh, for the Lord. Um, and I think part of that, part, you know, part of that is is just your own story, your own biography. So can can you tell us, um, you know, how you came to love music and how you first began to grow as a performer and what that was like. Yeah, definitely. So um, I grew up in a very musical home. Both of my parents were involved in music ministry at Catholic Church from the time that I was a kid. So actually from the time that I was before I was born. So we were always at church, always involved in children's choir, always in piano lessons, all of which I did not like growing up, but now I'm eternally grateful for. Um, so I always had music in my life, um, but it wasn't until I was in high school that I really had this kind of deeper conversion to my faith. I feel like before I, I went to a student youth conference when I was in high school and before that time I had always been talked, you know, told about God and taught about God. And, but it was always just this like person up in the clouds somewhere, like mm. somewhere out there in the universe, um, and all these rules were just like these rules that I had to follow and I didn't really understand it. And it was really through the worship music that I first encountered Jesus in a very real and personal way. Um, and the best way that I know how to describe it is I, hearing the worship music. It was the first time that I'd ever really prayed with contemporary worship music. And it was like hearing a language that I didn't know, but was strangely familiar to me. Um, and so it became this language through which I was able to have a relationship with God and, and start to have the, these conversations with God and realize that God wasn't just this far distant person somewhere out there in the clouds, just like this puppet master, but he was real and wanted a real relationship with me. And that changed everything for me. Um, and up until that point, I knew that I had a gift for music. I knew that I had uh, a love for it and but I was terrified to sing in front of people. I mean, absolutely terrified. It was the last thing that I wanted to do. Um, and I think a big part of that was because I was bullied pretty heavily in elementary school. Um, and so I almost feel like it was this gift that I knew that I had and I knew that it was precious and I wanted to protect it and I didn't want people to tear it down. And so I just hid it for years and years and years. And that same summer that I went on that Steubenville Youth Conference, I was on a trip to, uh, I went on a camp trip to Covecrest Life Teens Camp in Georgia. And there was a, a leader there that was giving a talk to the whole group, but it was one of those moments that it was kind of like, I don't know if you've, either of you experienced this, I'm sure you have, where you feel like the speaker is just talking directly to you, like no one mm, else yeah. is there in the room. Absolutely. It was one mm. of those moments for me where it was just tunnel visioned. And he said, <laughs> if you have... Um, a gift from God and you're not using it, you're denying the glory of God within you. And I was like, wow. I mean, I was only probably 16 years old and I wow. felt like so convicted. It was one of those moments that was just piercing, you know? And so from that point on, even though I was terrified, I started volunteering uh, to canter at my church and I would get up there and I would sweat from head to toe and I would shake and I, my voice sounded like a dying donkey. I mean, it was terrible. Um, it was absolutely terrible. And I was terrified every single time I did it, but slowly, but surely I just, I was convicted. I was a woman convicted. Yeah. And when you're convicted by <laughs> something in the Lord, 
there's no stopping it, you know? And so that was me. And I just kept showing up and like little by little, um, time after time, after time, as the weeks went by and the months went by, I just started gaining more and more courage and started singing at my youth group. And then the youth group down the road would invite me. And then it just kind of snowballed from there. But I mean, if you would have told me when I was in high school that I would be doing this full time singing in front of crowds, you know, of upwards of 20,000 people from to at, at times, I would have said you're absolutely nuts. Um, yeah. But that's just the way the Lord works, right? Is he's crazy and wild and his plans are so much better than ours and so much more grandiose than anything we could come up for ourselves. So that's a little bit of my background and how I got started, but it's, it's pretty wild. <laughs> yeah. I love I love how you were talking about like that first time you prayed with worship music, how it was like that unfamiliar language, but at the same time you understood it yeah. and you knew what was happening. It just that really reminds me of like C.S. Lewis in the Chronicles of Narnia, where mm-hmm. Aslan like sings creation into being and it's uh Oh, yeah. And how like everybody kind of understands what's happening, even though this is the first time they're seeing it and experiencing it is like, it just kind of cuts to that core of um, the beauty uh, and how kind of uh, music does something different to us and allows us to enter into beauty. And there's a real, uh, it's a very powerful Mm. thing. And to see like, that's part of your experience, but also now that you you allow that and help to lead others mm. uh, in that is, is really uh, just great to see. Thanks so much. Yeah, I really feel like as a worship leader now, as a songwriter of worship music, um, a big part of my job, at least it, in my mind, is to write songs of remembrance, to write songs mm. that help people to remember who they are in God and who God is, because I feel mm. like we yeah. so easily forget, you know, I so easily forget. Yeah. And so, yeah. If I need that, I'm sure that other people do. I feel like that's really what worship is all about, though, is bringing people back to the truth and reminding them mm-hmm. who they are. Yeah, let's just stick with that for a little bit. And, uh, you know, if you don't mind, yeah. if I could just ask you a couple more questions in that same Please. vein, right? Like you made, Sarah, you made an intentional decision, right, to style yourself as a Catholic worship leader and a songwriter. I mean, for you, this is vocational you could have been singing other kinds of music. Um, you, in fact, moved to Nashville to intentionally be pursuing um, this this vision of your vocation. Um, so can you talk about what that was like? Yeah, I, I have always felt called to music. Well, not always, but when I started my journey with um, leading worship and realized that this could be something that I could do in my life. I never, ever felt called to do like secular music. Um, Mm. And people ask me all the time, why aren't you trying out for American Idol? Why don't you try it for the voice? And I was just always like, I just, I don't feel called to it. Like that was just the the best way that I could describe it Mm. um, is I always felt called to, I think because for me, again, that moment that I had in worship at that first studentville conference that I ever went to was so impactful for me that I felt like I wanted to be a part of creating those moments for other people and mm-hmm. helping other people encounter the heart of God in a way that maybe they had never experienced before, whether it was a teenager or a middle schooler or someone in their fifties or sixties, you know, like across the gamut, like I just wanted to be a part of helping people encounter God and in the church, I felt like, I feel like there, our Catholic church is, is mission territory in a lot of ways. Like so yeah. many people 
don't know the Holy Spirit. So many people don't have that connection, that personal connection with Jesus. So many people are just culturally Catholic. And so I felt like a part of my mission, a part of my calling was to be a part of, again, helping to create those moments of encounter, helping to create those environments of prayer where people could honestly, maybe for the first time in their life, encounter the Holy Spirit in a real way and hopefully change the way that they live their life, you know, mm-hmm. um, their day to day life. I mean, that's something I, I see a lot with um, any vocations, really, uh, yeah. whether it's priesthood or uh, religious life or, you know, ministry in, in that kind of sense. We typically go back to where we had that first encounter, you know, and so, and, uh, you know, I say this a lot in the priesthood with guys who, um, you know, came to their faith in high school. You know, they're very much drawn to it. They want to teach in high school. They want to do high school youth ministry, right? Uh, Other people who had a conversion in college, like for them, they had this like deep affinity in their, they want to sacrifice themselves in campus ministry. Uh, They want to create that. And I think you said it the best, like you want to create that experience that you had, that first encounter that you had, you want to do that for other people. And it's, it does not surprise me then that like, because your first encounter with God was through worship music uh, and you're like, I have the talent, then that's what you devote yourself to. Yeah. That's like, I think a really beautiful thing is that like you have that opportunity to now uh, hand on what you first received. Yeah. Thanks so much. Yeah. I'm trying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I try as much as possible, but yeah. Well, great. Let's pause here for a second. Um, we're, we've sort of been grilling Sarah about her her vocation and her personal call to music. Um, but part of the reason why we we invited Sarah on the show is to talk about her new album, Light, um, which has just been released um, and is very beautiful. So we're when we come back to the second part of the show, we're going to talk a little bit about Sarah's discography, about the new album, Light, and some of the Advent and Christmas themes that we're all looking forward to um, diving into and enriching in our own spiritual lives. So sit tight, and we'll be right back after this. This is God's Planning. Get up to date on all our latest episodes at opeast.org slash godsplaining. All right, welcome back, everyone. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for tuning in. I mean, you're listening to the second part of the show, so obviously you appreciated the first part. Uh, Father Joseph Anthony and I are so happy to have Sarah Kroger here with us today. Um, The first part of the show uh, Sarah offered so so much insight on onto her own pursuit of her vocation and a, and a beautiful witness about what the Lord has done in her life and how uh, God directed her um, to to really use and grow and unleash her her talents as a singer songwriter um, and we're so grateful for that um, and that's coming to fruition right like we're seeing that now as you've produced your fourth album um, so light just hit. Um, the stores. Do we say stores anymore? People don't go to stores. Uh, hit <laughs> I don't the, even hit think the internet. Buy CDs. <laughs> people don't even buy CDs no. anymore. When's the last time you bought a CD? I mean, honestly. Oh, yeah, no way. Um, <laughs> dropped. Oh, we, let's say dropped. That, uh, you know, dropped your fourth dropped. album. There you go. The album be more dropped. With it. It's such a good. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Uh, yes, Sarah, what? What animated light? Um, you know, what, where did where did it come from? What was what was the impetus for the album? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. Um, I feel like 
the best way to describe it for me is writing for light allowed me to put into practice what my previous album bloom kind of set into motion. Okay. Mm. So bloom was this process of really discovering, rediscovering and rooting my identity as a beloved daughter of God, which is something that I've always struggled with just self-confidence issues and identity issues and rooting my identity in lies that I believed and fears and all that kind of stuff. So bloom was the process of discovering my identity as a beloved, um, rediscovering that rooting and light was kind of what comes next, like showing up every day, being who God made you to be living out of that truth of who you are with boldness. Because the thing is like, we can't, we can't radiate the light unless we accept it first, you know? So when we embrace who we are as the beloved, then we allow the Christ, the light of Christ to grow within us so much so that we can't help but radiate it to others. And so that's really what light is all about. It's about helping people hopefully to accept that light, to stand in his light with vulnerability and, um, to live out who they are with boldness. So, yeah. The, the first single that dropped from, um, light was belovedness, right? It was standing in your light, actually. Standing Standing in your light. light. (laughs) Which is my jam. It's a fun one. It is. I I love that you kind of like opened the entire album with that. Yeah, like, that was definitely it, it intentional. Just, it and and I could see that because the I I love the story that just the track list tells. Yeah, uh, and I think that sometimes that gets overlooked that because we're so used to just like playing songs on shuffle or playing songs uh, in whatever kind of uh, discover playlist that we find them and whatnot. But I just want to encourage the listeners that like, yes, go listen to this album from start to finish yeah. without uh, anything. Just put it on repeat because the story that you tell through the like kind of track list is really important. And oh, I love the fact that like you started with standing in the light as the title of the song, but that's just, it's a fun, upbeat kind of uh, dare I even say dance tune. Oh like, yeah, <laughs> I I dance to it like it's good, it's fun, but oh, yeah. uh, like just to start with like that much joy at the beginning, um, I think was just a, a brilliant move, but beautiful move. But kind of, Thank uh, you. what else went into that kind of like story that you're telling with the sequence of the songs? Like what what went mm-hmm. into that? What were you trying to convey through that? That well, what's kind of crazy about this record actually is that more so than any other record I've ever done. Like in the past, I've had a theme in mind. I've had, this is what I want to call it. This is what I want to write about. This record was very much, this is the first record I've ever done with a label. So I signed mm-hmm. to a label about a year ago. Um, and so it was a completely different process than what I'm, I was used to. Um, I wrote with every single writer that I wrote on this project with, I had never met before, um, which mm-hmm. was a new experience for me and was definitely, again, like that this, it was a vulnerable process for me. It was, it was kind of this, um, pushing me completely out of my comfort zone kind of process. And I feel like that comes out in the songs for sure. Like Mm -hmm. not being afraid, um, and not being afraid to be who you are, not being afraid to use your voice, not being afraid to stand in the light, which is probably the most vulnerable place to be because it's so easy to hide. It's so easy to hide, hide things, whether it's your shame, your sin, or your talents. Like for me for so long, again, in my story, like I hid everything because I was too afraid of what people would think or if people would tear it down or whatever. And so, um, 
light from a writing standpoint and from a thematic standpoint is all about that. It's all about letting go of those fears about embracing who God made you to be and standing in his light makes us incredibly vulnerable, but it's also the place where love can do its greatest work. Um, so yeah. So, uh, and honestly, true, truly like uh, light, I never anticipated releasing a record called light in a year that feels so dark, right? Like in a year that feels (laughs) like it is surrounded by and bathed in darkness and all that the darkness brings with it, you know? So it's definitely been one of those things where I've just had to kind of step back and realize that God knew and uh, orchestrated mm-hmm. the whole thing and has his hand in the whole thing. And the timing of even songs like Unbroken Family, um, the, right. the timing of songs like Belovedness, the, ti- the timing of these songs is not lost on me. It, it, I could not have planned for a better time for these songs to have been released. And um, so it's kind of crazy. That's why I, I kind of wanted to ask because um, this project and these songs were in process well before, uh, yeah. you know, 2020 happened. Oh, yeah. And that like just the beauty of kind of God's providence and, and him, but also mm-hmm. like your humility to kind of like, work on that and allow this to kind of organically come together at a time that I think this album encourages so much hope Mm. uh in that dark place um and so what was that experience like when you're like kind of getting closer to the release date realizing how everything kind of pulled together um (laughs) yeah what was that like yeah well what's crazy is I finished I was just talking about this with a friend of mine yesterday because um, she was actually there with me. The day that we finished recording this album, recording vocals, was the day that um, President Trump like shut down the country, essentially. like European flights were cut off and the NBA canceled their season and everything just started crumbling around us. And we were like, wait, 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 what oh, yeah. is happening? That was the day that I finished recording this album. And so it it's honestly been... I think my saving grace throughout this whole time is being able to have something to like dive into and, and a piece of work that I'm just so grateful that was finished before the craziness of COVID hit so that we had the space to like be in the same room with each other and listen to the songs and figure out the arrangements and dream about it. And, uh, as opposed to having to wear masks and literally record from computer screens and all that kind of stuff. And so, I, I, it's just been wild. Like, I don't know how to say it other than that. It's just been wild. And like, kind of, I, it's just been crazy to see again, like I was saying, like the timing of these songs when they've released, even down to the singles, like when Belovedness released, that was the week that uh, a ton of racial injustice was kind of this wave of awakening was happening in our country. Mm -hmm. And it just happened to be at the time that we were releasing this song called Belovedness. And I just felt like, again, God's timing was not lost on me. Like this idea that we are all beloved, no matter who we are, no matter what our background is, no matter what our skin color is like, and also that that is an instruction, not only that we are beloved, but to be love right to each Mm -hmm. other. Mm -hmm. And so like little things like that along the way that have just been, again, I, I could not have planned for it. Um, so kind of, it's been one of those moments, one of those times in my life where I've just had to kind of take a, take a step back and realize how God's hand is in everything, whether it's an album release or in my life, you know, like he's in the details and he's taking care of things that I don't even, I don't even know how to plan for or ask for or pray for. Um, 
And so it's definitely been a humbling process of like, oh, I thought that I knew all the things. And I thought that I knew when this record was supposed to release. And God was like, actually, I've got all of the plans, you know, um, yeah, yeah. So, which is, again, like in 2020, like I feel like it's been a year where I've I've realized in my life again, yet again, because I feel like I need to learn this lesson over and over again, that control is an illusion. Like mm. we may think we're in control, but we're really not. We're never in control. It's an illusion. You can't, it's not possible. And so yeah. the best way to live your life is in a surrendered state, um, trying to say yes to the Lord, trying to unite yourself to his will um, in all times. So that's definitely something I've been learning in this year. Big ups. Uh the I that's absolutely why I, why I like clapped on to belovedness because yeah. I remember like that moment and how it was coming out and what it what it means. Um yeah. and that the song that the song is about allowing yourself to be claimed by God, right? Um and um so it was it was speaking to the need for belonging that I think was yeah. so widely felt and pronounced. Um and so the the album has so many great themes um that in their own ways dovetail with the themes of Advent. So like, right. So right now with yeah. the release and where we're headed in the church and our own expectations for the graces of the coming Christmas, can you talk about um, hope and expectation and those wonderful themes of Advent that mm -hmm. um, the album can speak to and help listeners, you know, prepare their hearts for these coming great feasts. Mm. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a, I mean, I know we're, Honestly, we're like uh, weaving some things together here. No, but. totally. I get it. I feel like um, this is something that I've been uh, praying through in my own life, the idea of hope and what that really means and expectation and what God's faithfulness actually means in my life. Like, what does faithfulness mean? It doesn't mean that everything is going to be answered in the way that I want it to be and in my timing. <laughs> it doesn't mean that... Um, my life is going to be amazing and everything's, everything's great just because I believe in Jesus now. And like things like that, like God is faithful to me, even in the storms, even in the midst mm. of darkness, even when I can't see it, even when I don't see the road ahead and I don't, I can't figure out where he's leading. Like, um, wow, I am getting emotional about this, but like God is faithful to me even in the dark when I can't see his hand reaching out to me and guiding me yeah. along the way, you know, and, and Advent is this time of, of waiting, of expectation. And I've always asked myself in the midst of Advent, like, am I waiting? Cause we're all waiting for something, you know, like college mm -hmm. students, young, you know, teenagers, uh, adults, people, my age, people older than us, like, we're all waiting for something in our life. Like the question is, are we waiting in fear and anxiety and trying to take control or are we waiting with expectation Ooh. with joyful expectation for yeah. a God who is faithful and is good and is working for our good. That doesn't mean that it's always going to turn out the way that we want it to or expect it to, or even in our mind, how it would be good, you know, but are we, <laughs> wait, do we trust that God is good? Do we trust that he's a good father? Do we trust that he loves us and that he wants what's best for us and that he's guiding us even when we can't see. And so yeah, that's what I'm diving into this Advent, I think in an even deeper way, especially this year and a year where, uh, to be honest, I've been grieving a lot of unexpected losses. I feel like unexpected mm -hmm. loss is almost hardest because you have no way of planning for it, no way of anticipating it. And so 
as I've been navigating through that, I've been trying to figure out how do I uh, hope in the midst of that? How do I find hope? How do I find light in the midst of all of that? And so I'm hoping that this Advent is a time where I can really, again, invite the light of Christ to dwell within me and lead the way. One of your, thank you so much. That was incredible. One of your um, themes, Sarah, that I just love, and you've said it repeatedly, it's in the language, you know, um, around your album, around your work, is that love for the Lord and faithfulness to him often just means continuing to show up. And yeah. that's what that, that's so much what's at stake here in 2020, you know, especially as we're getting ready for the holidays um, to continue to show up, to continue to believe that the Lord is going to work through this, to continue mm. to believe that in this moment, if I put myself out there, um, that if I respond, that the Lord will be there, that the Lord mm. will meet me in this moment and, and will continue to be at work. Mm. Um, and so I've I've always considered hope. Um, as a kind of, as a, as an expression of that, as a confidence that if I do, if I do something, if I am responsive, if I am open, the Lord will work in my life. Yeah. Um, but it requires, it requires that I show up, right. That I make that act of trust that I, that I, that I allow myself to be vulnerable, that I'm, that I'm ready, that I'm ready to wait. Um, right. So I appreciate that. And I think that all of us, as we, as we work on preparing our hearts for the graces of these, these Christmas feasts, you know, when, when we celebrate again, the great mystery that God entered into our humanity and such humanity have we seen this year that God entered into all of this, not a hypothetical humanity, not an ideal humanity, but this humanity that God took this flesh. Um, this is the, this is the mystery that we are preparing to celebrate. Mm. Yeah. Amen to that. Um, Sarah, I got a kind of a quick question, just hard hitter. You are um, a worship leader, but you're also a songwriter. And I know that you've worked really, really hard um, on that that skill and that trade of yours in um, working with different songwriters and things like that. But what what's your favorite lyric off this album? Oh, gosh. <sighs> That's such a hard question. Um... I know, I know. Because they all, they're all personal. They all mean a lot, but like, what what's that kind of yeah. one lyric that it, i f- i feel uh, like it it switches from week to week to be honest um okay yeah but well this week what's the latest <laughs> i'm gonna say i'm gonna say um because we're talking about advent a little bit and we're in the season of advent right now um it's from a song called i will say yes and um the beginning of the song the first verse has always hit me pretty hard ever since we wrote it and it says I'm sorry, Lord, for holding on too tight, for thinking you won't endlessly supply. I'm sorry for not seeing through your eyes. You're open-handed with your mercy in your life. You give with no conditions. Um, Your love is calling out to me. I will say yes. I will say yes. Yes to you, my king. And I, I feel like something that, again, 2020 has taught me is that God is not a God of scarcity. He is a God of abundance. Mm. And we don't have to again, try to control our life. We don't have to be the ones orchestrating it all and making it all happen. Um, I feel like, again, in Advent, we're invited into this this moment where we can echo Mary's yes to the Lord with mm-hmm. trust and with surrender. She had no idea what was going to happen. You know, I, I'm, I'm always just dumbfounded when I really read that story of Mary with Gabriel, the angel Gabriel, and just like, her yes, her yes was just resounding and with trust and with surrender 
and with beauty and boldness. And, and that's what we're invited into, you know, that same yes to God, to trust him, to surrender, to realize that again, his plan is better for us than anything we could plan for ourselves. And so, uh, I feel like that's my favorite lyric right now is diving into that, that theme of yes. I have to confess, that's probably my favorite song off the entire oh, album. Oh, perfect. So, like, that's why on this call, I'm freaking out when you said, like, when you started singing that first verse. Because, like, <laughs> that, no joke, the first time I heard that first verse, I was just like, oh, this has me. Aww. This just, like, has totally gripped me. And I, I just, I really, really love that song. That's probably my favorite that's off the better. album. Uh, so I'm, I'm a little you. giddy right now. So sorry, go for it. <laughs> Talk amongst yourselves. It's fine. Uh, it needs a moment. That's hilarious. Yeah. I'm glad I was able to, to do that for you. Um, Sarah, as we kind of wrap up here, um, do you have any concluding thoughts that you'd like to offer? Um, words of encouragement to music ministers, um, words of hope as we prepare Advent? You know, what, what do you want to walk away from this interview having left? Yeah. Um, I would say for, for anyone who's feeling like, I feel like something that I've seen a lot of this year is people saying, Oh, could we just be done with this year already? What a waste of a year, blah, blah, blah. Like just 2020 is the worst. And I totally have echoed those sentiments multiple times in my own life. Um, and maybe even online, but I feel like what this year has been for me has been a season of planting and, and if we honestly, God never wastes anything, right? We don't believe that God wastes anything. He doesn't waste time. He doesn't, this isn't a wait. It hasn't been a waste of a year. And so I would just encourage you. I mean, we have a few weeks left of this year, um, to really think of this season as a season of planting a season when God can plant new seeds in your life and planting isn't glamorous. I don't know if anyone, if any of you have gardened ever before, but it's messy work, <laughs> It's not fun. It's you're planting seeds deep down in the earth and you're drowning them. And like, it's, it's violent if you think about it, but the only way to get new fruit, the only way to get new fruit in your life is to plant first, right? Is to plant seeds, is to work on yourself, is to, um, really spend time investing in, in the earth of your life, you know? So, and tilling the soil, that's a very deep metaphor. Um, but so that's something that I've been really searching through and figuring out how to do in my own life is how do I plant in this season? This is not a wasted time. If I want new fruit in my life for years or months or centuries to come, then, um, I believe that God can plant new seeds right now. And how do I, uh, co plant with him? So, just don't waste these next few weeks. You've got a few weeks left of this year and 2021 isn't going to just be magically better, but it, it also doesn't, uh, doesn't have to be just this cloud of darkness over us at all times. So yeah, to just have hope, allow the light of Christ to dwell in your life and to be born in you again. Amen. 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 Thank no, Sarah. Thank you so much for being with us today. We're so excited to have the opportunity to talk about the album to to share about it um we would encourage all of our listeners please support sarah by checking out the album take a listen to it you can buy it um again the album is light and it re- it released in 2020 of all years we've been <laughs> we've been we've been stuck on that um we want to we want to thank sarah again for her time for sharing 
about herself, about her vocation as a music minister. And we hope that um, we hope that her music will help you, especially in these coming Advent days, to prepare your heart um, to receive the graces of Christmas. Amen. Well, thanks everyone for listening to the show today. Um, as you know, we are grateful to you. We continue to keep you in our prayers. Uh, please like or share God's planning. Share this episode with people that you think need to need need it. People that need to be uplifted. I think today's episode is really an episode about hope, and um, has some really beautiful themes. So so please like and share the show, um, and know as always that we keep you in our prayers. God bless. Thanks for listening to God's Planning a work of the Dominican Friars of the Province of St. Joseph. Visit us at opeast.org.